Welcome to this episode of the We Travel There podcast. We're in Gosport, UK with my new friend Tim Heal, the host of the Tim Heal podcast. Tim retired from the British Army and loves to sail. He moved to Gosport in 2018 to enjoy sailing, exploring local history, and being around the British military. In this episode, we talk about visiting the Explosive Museum, exploring Stokes Pay, and sailing to the Isle of Wight. You bought these three incredible attractions and so much more. If you know someone that wants to visit England, I'd love it if you shared this episode with them. The show notes will be available at wetravelthere.com forward slash Gosport. Now let's get started. The We Travel There podcast helps you travel like a local by interviewing guests from around the world to uncover the hidden gems of their city by finding out the best things to do, eat, drink, and see from a local's point of view. Don't you just hate waiting in line for security at the airport? Me too. Even the pre-check lines are slammed most of the time today. That's why I use Clear to skip the lines and get to my flight quicker. For my listeners, I've actually worked out a special deal where you can try Clear for free for two months. This is a limited time offer, so go to wetravelthere.com forward slash clear to sign up today. Hey Tim, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So today we're talking about a place called uh, Gosport in the UK. Although it's a city that most of us have probably never heard of, I know it has a pretty significant history in the, the British Royal Navy and the British Army. So can you tell us a little bit about like, what your connection is to the city? Well, I moved down to Gosport four years ago, and my connection is that um, my sailing club is down here, and I kept my boat here. So that's what drew me to the area in the first place. But I've been sailing down here for donkey's years. Okay, fantastic. So the British Army, or it was the Joint Services of the Royal Navy, British Army, and Royal Air Force, have a Joint Service Adventure Sail Training Centre here in Gosport, and I learned to sail down here, got all my sailing qualifications from there. So that's kind of the magnet that brought me down here in the first place. Oh, that's fantastic. You know, my... my uh Members of my family were in the military, and it's always an honor to have somebody like yourself that has a military experience on the show and really appreciate your service, even though it's for another country, but we're all allies, and we really appreciate that. Well, I worked with an awful lot of Americans over the years in my little game of uh, expertise, which is psychological operations. I worked with the guys out of Fort Bragg. Yeah, my, my brother was in Fort Bragg uh, as the 82nd Airborne. Well, fantastic. So if you had to describe uh, Gosport in one or two words, how would you do that? Awesome place. Really is awesome. Nice. What, what, uh, okay, and I guess, well, obviously we're going to get into all the different attractions and different places to eat and things like that. It will help us describe and understand why you believe it's such an awesome place. Now, for people that aren't familiar with the city, where in the UK is uh, Gosport? Okay, if you have a look at the map of the UK... If you look right on the bottom of it, you've got the south coast of England. In the middle of the south coast, there's a big island called the Isle of Wight. And what separates the Isle of Wight from the mainland is the Solent, which is the the body of water that goes between the island and the mainland. And On the the right-hand side, you've got a big natural harbour called Portsmouth Harbour. On the Portsmouth side is a big naval base where we keep our two new aircraft carriers, HMS Queen Elizabeth and HMS Prince of Wales. We also keep our six Type 45 destroyers and we're getting a new Type 32 frigates coming into Portsmouth as well. So Portsmouth is linked across the harbour. We've got Gosport. 
So Gosport has an awful lot of other infrastructure for the Royal Navy. And then if you come a little bit further west into the Solent, you've got what you call Southampton Water, where all the cruise ships come in and out of. And then you go further west out through the Needles. And lots of people probably heard about the Needles and the Round the Island race. It's a, it's a famous race that happens every year. And I do believe that years ago, the America's Cup started off in Cowes, which is on the Isle of Wight. So that's where the America's Cup started off a hundred odd years ago. Well, that's fantastic. There's so many things that, that are going on there that most of us have never heard of, and, and but it'd be wonderful to experience for sure. So if people are planning to come to visit Gosport, how would they get there? Okay, there's lots and lots of ways of getting here. If you've got your own private um, aircraft, you can fly into Solent Air Airport at Daedalus. Or if you're coming on the commercial, you can fly into Southampton. If you're coming by rail, you can come from London. You can come from anywhere pretty much in the UK down to Portsmouth Harbour or into Fareham, which is the nearest two train stations to Gosport, and then take a bus or a taxi into one of the hotels that we've got in the town. We've got a hotel right in the middle of the high street, which is a travel lodge and just out going out of the town on the A32, you've got the Premier Inn. So those are the two main chains. Then we've also got the Alva Valley Hotel and there's also the Lodge Hotel in Alverstoke. So there, there are quite a few places to stop, along with a variety of guest houses and bed and breakfasts. Okay. Okay. Yeah. A lot of good options there, you know, and, you know, for those of us that a lot of us use like miles and points to be able to travel and stuff like that, obviously there's not really going to be that type of option there, but you know, I recently did my first Airbnb experience and ended up being pretty wonderful. And so I think having those unique experiences with like the local hotels that are more the boutique type or, you know, the, the private Airbnbs or your bed and breakfast, I think that's a wonderful experience to be able to do something like that in in like a little small town like this. Yeah, I'll say small town. I mean, it's a it's a peninsula town with 82,000 people living on it. And then Portsmouth, again, is another peninsula town. So, uh, and that has a little, I think it's got a few more people than Gosport, but not that many, about 100,000. So the area is, is fairly busy. Now, say, say like, because you know, I'm, I'm here in Nashville, and if I was going to come there to visit, I'd obviously have to have to fly. And so, say we if we flew into uh, the Southampton uh, International Airport from the airport there, what's the best way to get into the city? Do we rent a car? Do we take the bus? Or what's the best way to to get from the airport into the city? Oh, you can jump on a Rattler. What's a Rattler? You get the train. That's the Rattler from Southampton Airport itself, and it brings you into into the Fareham or you carry on round into Portsmouth Harbour, and then you can get the ferry across from Portsmouth Harbour to Gosport itself. So there's a, a ferry link that gets you across the harbour. That's probably the easiest way. I mean, you could also rent a car, obviously, or you could take the bus. I mean, there's, there's a bus that runs from, the, I, I believe, the airport through to Gosport bus station. Okay, so if I can, I, I try to avoid renting cars, especially because, you know, in, in the UK, you're going to be driving on the left side of the road, and I think a lot of us Americans... It kind of throws us for a loop if we if we're driving on the quote unquote wrong side of the road. So we can take take the ferry, we can take a bus, we can take those type of options, and the train. 
or, or the train for sure. But when we're actually in the city and going around to some of the museums and some of the other attractions we'll talk about in a minute, from there, do we just walk around? You know, do we take a taxi or, or bus? Like, how do we get around the city to see all the, all the fun sights? Lots of them are fairly close by. So you can do Shanks' pony, so you can walk around. You can get a taxi. There's a couple of taxi ranks around. Or you can jump on the bus. There's a bus that takes you around as well. And also, you can jump on the ferry. There are a couple of ferry options that you can take. If you're going into the museums, there's a museum water taxi that's included in the price that will take you from the submarine museum across to the dockyard. And from the dockyard, it will take you up to the explosive museum. But you can actually walk. It's all in walking distance. Oh, good, good. And now, you know, some of us that that travel a lot, we're also kind of used to like ride-sharing services like Lyft, Uber, and some of those. Are the ride-share companies there available? Yeah, I mean, there are several different taxi services around, so you can call those up. I think we've got Uber, so I don't generally use them myself, but I've seen them about. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. All right, so when we're looking at those different hotel options, is there anyone that you'd recommend specifically over the other? Like, is it maybe closer to the the different attractions we're going to see? Because I know you said one of them's like kind of on the road out of the town. Yeah, so it's about half a mile, maybe three quarters of a mile from the town centre itself. There's one right in the in the high street. That's quite useful, and it has a breakfast room, and there's a, a pub just slightly down the road from it. It's all about fifty hundred metres that you could go in and that does breakfast and all day and cheap beer and good food. Sounds like a good combination for me. So, <laughs> Okay, so let's talk about some of the museums and some of the other attractions that are there in Gosport. Where would we start first? What's your recommendation? What I would say is if you're on the Gosport side, going to either the Explosive Museum or the Submarine Museum and get a pass that will last a year for all the museums so that'll give you the the water taxi over to to the dockyard and the dockyard is massive it holds the mary rose and if you don't know what the mary rose is it's king henry VIII's flagship that when it was launched it sailed out of portsmouth harbour and king henry VIII stood on the rotund at the mouth of the harbour and watched his fabulous new warship turn turtle and sink oh wow <laughs> because they put some heavy guns on the top deck and as it went out of the harbor it just sunk we saw the same thing when we were up in um i think it was amsterdam or maybe it was in denmark uh, a very similar story with a, i think it was the valhalla museum and the same thing you know they they got too adventurous with the cannons and the the, the boat itself was too skinny and a, too top heavy and just toppled right over yeah so they, they rescued that or they, they salvaged that and it's housed in its own temperature, atmospheric controlled house that's on the dockyard ticket. We've also got HMS Victory, which is Nelson's flagship, where he took it down to the Battle of Trafalgar in 1805. And he actually took poor old Napoleon's fleet apart. And we've still got that. And it's still a commissioned Royal Naval ship of the line to this day and it it's the first sea lords flagship that's pretty that's pretty amazing so it's still a commission ship and it still has royal naval personnel serving on board yeah that's that's literally living history right there absolutely and you can go around that and it's a great tour we've also got 
HMS Warrior, which was the first ironclad warship of its type that was built in 1860. And you can go on that. You can have a meal on that. It's a fabulous walk around. Also in the dockyard, they've got wooden boats yard where they show you how they build wooden boats and they restore wooden boats. We've also got a few of the wartime patrol boats, the motor torpedo boats and that light, the spitfires of the sea, they called them. So that's all in the dockyard. And you, and you said that there's like, something called the dockyard ticket that gets you admission to all these different wonderful museums. Yeah, the dockyard ticket gets you into those, in, into the dockyard and, and all those areas in the dockyard. And then you can take the water taxi then up to the Explosive Museum. And the Explosive Museum houses the main supply for the Royal Navy of all the explosives. And they used to make the explosives there and they used to supply all the warships up until fairly recently. They've still got just a little bit further out of town. There's a new place where they have all the ammunition now for the warships. And it's called the Upper Harbour Ammunition Facility. Obviously, you ain't allowed to go in there, but... Yeah, yeah. (laughs) We still make and supply explosives for the Royal Navy. Oh, that's fantastic. So I know there's a couple other museums there that seem really interesting. There's the Diver Museum and the Hovercraft Museum. Yeah, and also the Submarine Museum. So... You come back across from the Explosive Museum to the Submarine Museum, and the Submarine Museum houses Holland, which was the first submarine of its type from over 100-odd years ago. It's also got HMS Alliance, which is an old diesel World War II submarine, and guys that actually used to serve on it are the, the guys that take you around and explain what all the bits and pieces are on it. So that's a really good museum to go and see and it's lots and lots of history about submarines the submarine service in the british royal navy then going a bit further west you come to stokes bay and at the end of stokes bay you've got the dive museum and they just got some funding to extend the dive museum so they're going to be doing a lot of refurbishment in there in the back half of the dive museum bringing in a lot more exhibits from naval diving. So it's a, it's a fantastic little museum. It's run by volunteers. It's generally open on the weekends and during the summer and also on bank holidays. And then you go a bit further along the coast, further west, then you've got Leon the Solent and you've got the Hovercraft Museum. So they've got lots of old hovercrafts in there and they've got experts to tell you all about the the hovercrafts and again that's also run by volunteers okay one of the other things i saw there's something called the 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 alver valley country park what is that yeah the alver valley country park is exactly that it's a country park it's a a place of natural beauty there's wildlife in there there's wildflowers and all that there's lovely walks around there they've also at one end of it they built a children's play area which is an adventure play area so kids can swing off of things and slide down things and all that sort of malarkey. Mm-hmm. There's also um, a brand new garden centre that they've latched onto the side of the, the country park itself and there's some lovely walks around there on a nice day. There's also a golf club at the other side of the Alva Valley, the Alva Valley Golf Club. So if you, you bring your golf bats over, you can play golf there. There's also another golf club, the Solent Golf Club, 
which is you play alongside the solent. So if you whack your ball a little bit too hard, it goes into the ogging. <laughs> you said the, th- the word solent. What is a, a solent? The solent is the bit of water that separates the Isle of Wight from the mainland. Ah, okay, okay. And it is a wonderful, wonderful place to sail. You can sail there all the year round. You can have some terrific sailing. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, no wonder why that you uh, just kind of settled in, in Gosport. You got your boat, you got the nice seas, and I'm sure you got some pretty good weather and nice open waters. Fantastic anchorages as well. So, I mean, you can go up to, go across to the Isle of Wight. On the eastern end, you've got Benbridge, which is a little tiny harbour that you need to wait for the tide to go in and come out of. You can't go in at low water, not certainly not with a two-metre kill. Or you can go into... Osborne Bay, you can anchor in there and look up at Osborne House, or you can go around the corner into Cows. From Cows, you can go alongside in either East Cows Marina or Cows Yacht Haven. If you go in East Cows Marina, you can get a bus up to Osborne House, or you can walk up to Osborne House. Osborne House is where Queen Victoria spent a lot of her time, so that's fascinating to go around. On the western side of, you've got Cows Yacht Haven, and from there you could go into town of Cows. You've got the Royal Yacht Squadron there, which is where the America's Cup was founded over a hundred years ago. And if you speak to them nicely, you might get a dime tour. So there's there's a, an abundance, and there's a very good bus service that runs around the Isle of Wight. So you can go all the way out to the Needles, and you come all the way back round to, to Newport, and drop down to Shanklin and where they've got the Black Gang Chimes, round to Benbridge, and then back up again. And there's several ferries that run across from either Southampton or Portsmouth. You've got a hovercraft that runs from Southsea across to the Isle of Wight to ride. You've got a fast ferry that goes across, and then you've got a slightly slower one that goes across to Fishbourne on the north side of the, the Isle of Wight, and they run all the time. Well, perfect. It sounds like a great place for people to love to be on the water. One thing before we before we run out of time, we want to talk about some of the places to eat while we're there, because obviously we're going to be working up an appetite, checking out all, all these museums, heading out on the water and doing all the fun things, walking around. Where would we go to, for some good food while we're there in Gosport? Well, the museums have got, um, in, over in the dockyard, there's a, a, a nice restaurant that they've got in the dockyard. You can eat in there. Up at the Explosive Museum, there's a nice little restaurant in there. You can have coffee and cakes. If you go into the high street, there's several restaurants in there. There's the Great Wall of China, which is just at the the ferry end. Or if you come up the high street, there's one of my favourites, which is the the Witherspoons, which is a, the Star, and that's cheap beer and that's cheap food. And it's wholesome and it's yeah. What can I say? It's cheap. That's <laughs> <laughs> cheap. Cheap, uh, good, and and great environments. Those are like a, that's a winning combination right there. I mean, you can you can go to the top end of the high street, and you've got Morrison's, and they've got a little restaurant in there as well. If you get stuck, there's also some there's a Kentucky Fried Hicken. I mean, chicken. <laughs> <laughs> what am I on about? Also, at the top end of the high street there is there a pizzeria down there? I don't know. I've I don't eat pizza myself, but um, I'm sure you can get pizza. And then you come up Stoke Road and there's lots of chippies and stuff like that up there. So fish and chips is, is traditional in England, along with curries. And there's a few curry houses around as well. So 
there are an abundance of places to go and eat. Okay, so if we wanted, like, if we're on Stoke Road, what would be like the place you'd recommend for the fish and chips? There's the Stoke Chippy, which is at the top end of Stoke Road, just before you get to. There's a big pub on the corner. Can't remember its name. I haven't been in there. If you come out to not far from where I live, there's the Peel Chippy, which is one of the best in Gosport. But there, there, there are chippies all over the place. Nice, nice. Well, and you mentioned also the curry houses. Where should we go for for the good Indian food? Um, there's a really good one in Leon the Solent, and that's just off the high street. You can't miss it. You've got the seafront, and then just around the corner, you've got the the high street. And as you're coming round, there's the the blue something or other, the blue blue lobster, I think it's called. But that's a really good uh, Indian. Okay, perfect, awesome. Well. Tim, I really appreciate you coming on the show and sharing all these amazing tips for Gosport. I've learned a lot, and you know, I think it'd be a really wonderful place to, to bring my kids and be able to just kind of explore some of the the naval and the the army history there that's in that town. I think it would be just awesome. I haven't managed to cover it all yet, but there's along the the seafront at Stokes Bay. They haven't spoiled it by putting any of the Kispy Quick stuff in there. They've got barbecue areas that you can you can take your family, you can put tents up around there. And kids can play on the beach, so it's it's really it's dog friendly as well. There's a lifeboat station there, and they're always happy to talk to people. So there's so much going on. I just haven't had time to cover it all. <laughs> That's wonderful. Well, hopefully one of these days we'll be able to come out there and be able to hang out with you, and we can go explore together. But now it's time for the final countdown. If somebody only had time for one meal when they visited Gosport, where should they go and what should they eat? I will dive into the Star Pub on the high street which is a Weatherspoons. the food's good in there it's wholesome and it's, it's cheap and it's cheap beer <laughs> well uh what do you order what do you recommend ordering when we're there oh i would go for either the, the scampion chips or you can get an all-day brunch in there with chips yeah there's the pub classics you can go for they have a curry night they have a a, a steak night so you can get steak and chips okay a very reasonable price yeah you can't go far wrong with your river spoons. Nice. And so you can almost go there every day and then uh, get a different type of meal. That's That sounds Absolute. awesome. Okay. So you've been in, in, in Gosport for you know, about four years now. What's one of your most memorable stories of being there? I think the first year we was here, we got the dockyard ticket and we explored all of the places you can go on the dockyard ticket. We spent days going around. You can spend a whole week just in the, the dockyard side itself. You can spend a good few hours going around the explosive museum and you can also get a pint in there from the powder monkey. They actually brew beer on site. They restored one of the old powder houses and put a brewery in there and they brew really, really good beers. Well, nice. Well, well speaking of beers, uh, where's the happiest happy hour in, in Gosport? Probably the powder monkey. They have a, a happy hour in there, I think, from five till seven most days. It's great. Oh, fantastic. One of the things I always do whenever I travel is check out the local pizza places. Where's the best place for pepperoni pizza in Gosport? You probably get pepperoni pizza in the Star Pub in the Weatherspoons. Or if you want to go into Fairham, there's two Weatherspoons there. You can get pizzas there. And they do pepperonis as well. I'm sure there's a pizzeria up there, but... I've not used it, so I'm not. I can only apologise. I'm not much of a pizza eater. <laughs> so <laughs> you you mentioned Weatherspoons a, a few times. 
Is that like a like a chain of restaurants, or is that like one person that owns a bunch of different restaurants, or how does that go? It's a national chain. Um, you find them all over the country. The menus are very very similar all over the country. I mean, but they do have local delicacies. When we were up in Scotland, you could get haggis and chips, or haggis, neeps and tatties. Up in the north of England, you get some the local delicacies. Okay, well that makes sense. So like they have like kind of like a common menu for every every place, but then they have a little nuances in in different cities. Yeah, and that that they've got an app you can order it at the table on the app, and there's pubs all over the country, and they're all standardised. So they're all the same price. They've all got reasonably cheap beer, and yeah, you can't go far wrong with the Weber spoons. Oh, that's that's fantastic. I definitely have to check that out the next time I come out there to, to the UK. Now, uh, obviously, you traveled a lot when you were in the military, and I'm sure now that you're retired, you, you're also traveling even more. What's one of your best travel tips? Oh, that's a good one. Plan your trip out. Figure out where you want to go. Do your research, and then try and stick to your itinerary as close as you can, and then you won't go far wrong. That makes total sense. Go five P's. What is that? Prior planning prevents piss poor performance. <laughs> well, Tim, I really appreciate you coming on the show and sharing all these fun tips and just being a great sport and talking about everything. Can you tell the audience a little bit more about who you are and what you do? Yeah. Since I retired, I've taken up being a podcaster and YouTuber. So all my podcasts I now do as a YouTube as well as a podcast. You can find me on all the popular podcast apps, Spotify, Apple, Google, the lot. I'm across the, the platforms for the Americans. I'm on Pandora. And you can also find me on YouTube. So if you just type in uh, the Tim Hill podcast, Ordinary People's Extraordinary Stories, uh, you'll find them on there. And when I first started, I did 24 half an hour episodes of my life. So any of your listeners that are suffering from insomnia, that need to try and get to <laughs> sleep for a big journey, pop one of those on, bump, be out in minutes. Nice. Well, we'll definitely link to all that in the show notes. And you know, Tim, I really appreciate you coming on the show and sharing all these amazing tips. It's been a pleasure to talk to you, and we look forward to seeing you when we travel there. Oh, absolutely. I've very enjoyed myself. I've got so much more information about Gosport, Portsmouth, Fairham, and the Isle of Wight that I haven't had time to tell you at this stage. But do your research. It's a fabulous, fabulous place to come and visit. That's awesome. And we'll link to uh, your, your social media handle, Tim Heal 9 in the show notes. And that way, if somebody has questions about Gosport or Portsmouth or anything else, they can reach out to you and, and ask those questions. Absolutely. All right. Have a great day. And you. Thank you very much. What a fun conversation with Tim. I love to support military veterans and learn about local history. You can find all the links we talked about today at wetravelthere.com forward slash Gosport. We want to say thank you to Clear for being today's affiliate partner. Clear keeps you moving through airports, stadiums, and more with their exclusive Touchless ID verification technology. Take advantage of our special limited time offer where you can try Clear free for two months. Go to wetravelthere.com forward slash clear to sign up today. Join us next time as we introduce a new type of episode to the rotation. Instead of our normal destination guides, I'm interviewing my good friend Bethany Walsh of bougiemiles.com about how to start travel hacking. We've explored over 200 destinations with the podcast so far, and I thought that would be a good time to help you save money on your next vacation by using airline miles and hotel points to cover your travel costs. In this episode, Bethany and I talk about why people are hesitant to use miles and points, how to maximize your credit card rewards, and how to decide whether or not to pay a credit card annual fee. 
we would join us when we travel there. If you've enjoyed this podcast episode, please share it with your friends and tell me what you like most. Make sure you follow us on your favorite podcast app. That way you won't miss any of our upcoming destinations. 